O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, May 30. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there will be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shalak Leka, and it means, send for yourself. Numbers 13, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to scout the land of Canaan, which I am giving to B'nai Israel. Send one man from each of their ancestral tribes, each one a chieftain among them. So Moses, by Hashem's command, sent them out from the wilderness of Paran, all the men being leaders of the Israelites. And these were their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, son of Zakur. From the tribe of Shimon, Shaphat, son of Hori. From the tribe of Yehuda, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of Issachar, Yigal, son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hosea, son of Nun. From the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, son of Raphu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodi. From the tribe of Joseph, namely the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, son of Susi. From the tribe of Dan, Amiel, son of Gamaliel. 
from the tribe of Asher, Setur, son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nakbi, son of Vashi, from the tribe of Gad, Giol, son of Maki. Second Samuel fifteen twenty three to sixteen twenty three. The whole countryside wept aloud as the troops marched by. The king crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the troops crossed by the road to the wilderness. Then Zadok appeared with all the Leviim carrying the ark, and they set down the ark of Hashem until all the people had finished marching out of the city. Evyartar also came up. But the king said to Zadok, Take the ark back to the city. If I find favor with Hashem, he will bring me back and let me see it and its abode. And if he should say, I do not want you, I am ready. Let him do with me as he pleases. And the king said to the Kohen Zadok, Do you understand? You return to the safety of the city with your two sons, your own son Ahimaaz and Evyarstar's son Jonathan. Look, I shall linger in the steps of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Zadok and Evyartar brought the Ark of Hashem back to Jerusalem and they stayed there. David, meanwhile, went up the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered, and he walked barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and wept as they went up. David was told that Ahitophel was among the conspirators with Absalom, and he prayed, Please, Hashem, frustrate Ahitophel's counsel. When David reached the top, where people would prostrate themselves to Hashem, Hushai, the archite, was there to meet him, with his robe torn and with earth on his head. David said to him, If you march on with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you go back to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, I was your father's servant formerly, and now I will be yours, then you can nullify Ahitophel's counsel for me. You will have the Kohen named Zadok and Avyartar there, and you can report everything that you hear in the king's palace to the Kohanim, Zadok and Avyartar. Also, their two sons are there with them, Zadok's son, Ahimaaz, and Avyartar's son, Jonathan. And through them, you can report to me everything you hear. And so Hushai, the friend of David, reached the city as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. David had passed a little beyond the summit when Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, came toward him with a pair of saddled donkeys carrying two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred cakes of raisin, one hundred cakes of figs, and a jar of wine. The king asked Ziba, What are you doing with these? Ziba answered, These donkeys are for your majesty's family to ride on, the bread and figs are for the attendants to eat, and the wine is to be drunk by any who are exhausted in the wilderness. And where is your master's son? the king asked. 
He is staying in Jerusalem, Ziba replied to the king, for he thinks that the house of Israel will now give him back the throne of his grandfather. The king said to Ziba, Then all that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. And Ziba replied, I bow low, your majesty is most gracious to me. As King David was approaching Bahurim, a member of Saul's clan, a man named Shimei, son of Gera, came out from there hurling insults as he came. He threw stones at David and all King David's courtiers, while all the troops and all the warriors were at his right and his left. And these are the insults that Shimei hurled. Get out, get out, you criminal, you villain. Hashem is paying you back for all your crimes against the family of Saul, whose throne you seized. Hashem is handing over the throne to your son Absalom. You are in trouble because you are a criminal. Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why let that dead dog abuse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. But the king said, What has this to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? He is abusing me only because Hashem told him to abuse David. And who are you to say, Why did you do that? David said further to Abishai and all the courtiers, If my son, my own issue, seeks to kill me, how much more the Benjamite? Let him go on hurling abuse, for Hashem has told him to. Perhaps Hashem will look upon my punishment and recompense me for the abuse Shimei has offered today. David and his men continued on their way, while Shimei walked alongside on the slope of the hill, insulting him as he walked, and throwing stones at him and flinging dirt. The king and all who accompanied him arrived exhausted, and he rested there. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, arrived in Jerusalem together with Ahitophel. When Hushai the archite, David's friend, came before Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! But Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why didn't you go with your friend? Not at all, Hushai replied. I am for the one whom Hashem and his people and all the men of Israel have chosen, and I will stay with him. Furthermore, whom should I serve, if not David's son? As I was in your father's service, so I will be in yours. Absalom then said to Ahitophel, What do you advise us to do? And Ahitophel said to Absalom, Have intercourse with your father's concubines, whom he left to mind the palace. And when all Israel hears that you have dared the wrath of your father, all who support you will be encouraged. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom lay with his father's concubines with the full knowledge of all Israel. In those days the advice which Ahitophel gave was accepted like an oracle sought from God. That is how all the advice of Ahitophel was esteemed both by David and by Absalom. John 18.25-19.22 And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. 
They, the servant and officers, said therefore to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Did not I see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Then led they Yeshua from Caiaphas onto the hill of judgment. And it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them, and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then said Pilate to them, Take him and judge him according to your Torah. The Jews therefore said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. That the saying of Yeshua might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Yeshua, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yeshua answered him, Say you this thing of yourself, or did others tell it of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Yeshua answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Yeshua answered, You say that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Every one that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find in him no fault at all. But you have a custom that I should release to you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release to you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate therefore took Yeshua and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe, and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Yeshua forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and said to Yeshua, Where are you from? 
But Yeshua gave him no answer. Then said Pilate to him, Speak you not to me? Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you and have the power to release you? Yeshua answered, You could have no power at all against me except it were given to you from above. Therefore he that delivers me to you has the greater sin. And from then, from henceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whosoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Yeshua forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore to them to be crucified. And they took Yeshua and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha where they crucified him, and two others with him on either side, one and Yeshua in the middle. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Yeshua of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Yeshua was crucified was near to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But then he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Psalm 119, 113-128 I hate vain thoughts, but the Torah do I love. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto your statutes continually. You have trodden down all them that err from your statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. You put away all the wicked of the earth like dross, therefore I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to my oppressors. Be surety for your servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. My eyes fail for your salvation and for the word of your righteousness. Deal with your servant according to your mercy, and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for you, Lord, to work. They have made void your Torah. Therefore I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right. 
and I hate every false way. Proverbs 16, 10, and 11 A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. I want to speak to you today from our portion that we read from 2 Samuel 15 and 16, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 18 and 19. And the topic, the theme that I want to jump into is the sovereignty of God. And we see his sovereignty, that he is the Most High, he is El Elyon, in these two sections of Scripture. Let's begin in Second Samuel chapter 15 and verse 30, where it is written, David, meanwhile, went up the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered, and he walked barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and wept as they went up. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In distress, King David ascends the Mount of Olives, or Har Hazatim, the mountain just east of the Temple Mount that later becomes a very significant location for the Jewish people. During the time of the Beit HaMikdash, or the Temple, the red heifer, whose ashes are needed for the complete ritual purification, is to be slaughtered on the Mount of Olives in view of the Temple. Har Hazatim, or the Mount of Olives, is also home to the most important Jewish cemetery in Israel due to its proximity to the Temple Mount. In fact, there is a tradition based on a verse in Zariah that those who are buried at the Mount of Olives will be the first to be resurrected in the time of Mashiach. The Mount of Olives gets its name from the many olive trees that once grew there. According to the sages, the olive branch brought back to Noah in the mouth of the dove was taken from an olive tree on the Mount of Olives. And I will add to that commentary that Yeshua was crucified on the Mount of Olives, the very place where the ashes of the red heifer were brought. So, okay, let's continue on. And in chapter 16, verse 3, it is written, And where is your master's son? the king asked. He is staying in Jerusalem, Ziba replied to the king, for he thinks that the house of Israel will now give him back the throne of his grandfather. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Jerusalem is to be both the political and spiritual capital of Israel. It is to be the seat of the monarchy from where the king and his officers will rule the nation. But it is also to be the location of the Holy Temple and the Supreme Court, known as the Sanhedrin. Thus, Jerusalem serves a double function, which allows the people of Israel to be a free and holy nation in the land of Israel. The prophet Jeshayu expresses this when he says, For instruction shall come forth from Zion, the word of Hashem from Jerusalem. Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook explained that the name Zion refers to the political and national aspects of the city, while Yerushalayim 
refers to the spiritual aspects. Both are essential elements of Jerusalem. Together they allow the Jewish people to fulfill its holy mission. Continuing on in chapter 16, as King David flees Jerusalem for his life, because Absalom is now taking over and he's turned the heart of the people against King David and now they are following Absalom. As he flees the city, there's a man who is hurling insults at King David. And his name is Shimei, and he hurls insults. Verse 7, get out, get out, you criminal, you villain. Hashem is paying you back for all your crimes against the family of Saul. So here's where the sovereignty of God is on display. And David recognizes that nothing happens by chance, by accident, or luck. It's all by the very hand of God that he orchestrates the circumstances in his life. And so, um, in verse 10, well, in verse 9, let's start there. Abishai says, why do you let that dead dog abuse you? Let me go over and cut off his head. And here the king replies in verse 10, what is this to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? He's abusing me only. Why? Because Hashem told him to abuse David. And who is to say, why did you do that? So there David is recognizing the hand of God. That the Lord allows certain things to happen to us for his purpose and for his reason. Verse 12, David continues and he says, Perhaps Hashem will look upon my punishment and recompense me for the abuse that Shimei has uttered today. So, again, these things that he said shows an absolute trust in the Lord and a dependency on him to give justice in the whole entire situation. And often we are very tempted to take matters in our own hands and to do our own justice or to take revenge or to get even or whatever. But David, even even when Saul was alive, he refused to lift his own hand against Saul because Saul had been anointed king by the hand of God. And he said, I'm not going to lift my hand against God's anointed, even though he was a wicked king and this king was trying to kill him. He, he trusted in the Lord. Now that same theme of the sovereignty of God and trusting in him comes forth out of our New Testament portion from John chapter 19. And Jesus, Yeshua, is in the judgment hall and he's speaking with Pilate. Pilate is questioning him. And in verse 10, Pilate says to Yeshua, do you speak not unto me? Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you, and I have the power to release you? Verse 11, Yeshua answered, You could have no power at all against me, except it were given you from above. Therefore, he that delivers me to you has the greater sin. So, he's gently correcting Pilate. Pilate thinks that he has all this power, and it's his own power, and it comes from himself. Yeshua is saying to him, 
The power that you have has been granted to you from above, from the Father. And so Yeshua understands and knows the prophecies that he is to be crucified. And so he lays down his life willingly. He's not a victim. He could immediately have called forth 10,000 angels to put a stop to the whole process, but he didn't. He willingly lays down his life because he's being obedient to the Father. He understands that this is his mission. This is something he must do to lay down his life for the sheep to reconcile man to the Father. And so he's not a victim of his circumstances at all. He recognizes the hand of the Lord, the hand of his Father in all things. And again, he recognizes the sovereignty of God. So this brings great comfort that in our lives, as we go through different circumstances in our lives that are hard, difficult, painful, when we suffer, we can recognize the hand of God in it that he has allowed it for a reason and for a purpose, and that his purpose, if we watch for it, we look for it, we seek to understand, God, why, what is it you want me to learn in this situation? What is the lesson for me? What is the takeaway? Then it builds our faith, and we can trust him in all things, through all things. We can trust him because he is El Elyon. He is the Most High. He is sovereign. And nothing happens to us by chance or by accident. But God is the Most High. And we can rest in that and trust in that. That he has our best and our highest interest in mind when we go through trials. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.